Welcome to Christchurch Winchester's second lockdown lowdown podcast. This week we're stepping into the shoes of two secondary school teachers, Shelley Frape, a maths teacher at Haraway in Andover, and Simon Barber, English and Media Team Leader at Perrins in Alsford. Shelley, Simon, welcome. And what do you feel right now is your greatest challenge? During lockdown, my greatest challenge has been the technology. I just, we hit the ground running as soon as lockdown was announced with very little training really on Google Classrooms. I've never used that before. Um, just all these websites and platforms that suddenly were sent my way um, and we're doing live teaching now. But that basically is talking to a silent screen of dots, which is my pupils. And some of them have got microphones, some of them haven't. So when you ask a question, only some people can reply. Others are trying to reply in what's a chat zone, which I couldn't see to start with. I've now discovered the chat zone. So it was just using all this technology, but yet trying to teach. So that was initially the biggest challenge. Obviously, as team leader, I've got a team of well, there are 13 of us and each teacher is having a series of their own difficulties and problems, some of them technological, some of them um, other problems that their students are having. You know, there are 1,200 students in the school all doing English. And I've got to try and balance everybody's academic needs, the progress needs of the students, as well as the professional needs of my staff, with also their well-being. I think with, with education, progress is dependent on challenge. You know, you have to be challenged in order to progress. So the work has to be challenging, but also we're under enough challenges as it is that, you know, there, there are so many non-educational challenges around us at the moment that everybody's stressed, everybody's under pressure. So I've got to try and find the balance in, in the work and for my team, of making sure that everybody is academically challenged enough to make progress, but also comfortable enough to be happy and secure and not under too much stress so finding that balance between how hard we push our students so that they're making progress but also without putting any pressure that is unnecessary on people so that they're not crumbling and falling apart and that balance is is almost impossible it just sounds overwhelming it seems like the challenge on a teacher's plate is almost impossible that's how i felt day three so I just admit, I picked the phone up and said to my deputy head, I can't do this. This is absolutely unsustainable. To be fair to her, she was really supportive. She wanted to see the complaints of the emails and I have forwarded them to her every day since they've come in. She advised me to do some recorded lessons, but you can only do that when you have a free lesson. Um, so when I did get a free lesson, I was able to record a lesson, which kind of bought me a bit of time later on in the week because what I'm spending my free lessons trying to find resources because we can't ask the children to print anything. And in maths, there's certain topics we genuinely can't teach. We can't do any of the graph work without the grids. We're, we're live teaching. We're doing live lessons for the majority of students, but there are some who, for whatever reason, are unable to join the live lesson. And so we also have to have the lessons available, pre-recorded and available for them to, to access in their own time. So we're sort of teaching two parallel timetables in a sense so literally doubling up the the lesson time so some of it we're able to buy back later by by front loading it but then quite often what we find is that 
something that I've planned for the next six weeks, you know, in three or four weeks time when I should be on easy street, then the direction's changed and I'm having to do something different anyway. Simon, teaching English and media must be so dependent on being physically present with your pupils. How on earth does that work online? It's, it's impossible, um, especially where we're, we're completely cameras off. I think a, a lot of schools are, um, but I, you know, I can't see their body language, their facial expressions. Um, discussions are really difficult. I have one or two really good year 11 students who will unmute themselves and contribute. And in one class in particular, there is a really nice dynamic where they're able to, to really get into discussion um, and and maybe it's only three or four people within the group, but between them they kind of carry um, a lot of the conversation. But yeah, it's 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 really difficult where I'm just talking at a screen and so often getting nothing back. And that's normally that's where I get my energy from. And for a lot of teachers, we get our energy from from the room, from from our students, um, verbally and in body language, and and we just don't have very much of either of those. Um, in the current kind of format. So it's, it's quite exhausting just delivering to a screen and not knowing how it's landing. As part of this community of faith, what would you say is your greatest need for prayer? I'm missing people. Like Simon just said, I go to work every day. I didn't really sign up for a job that involves sitting down for six hours in front of a computer screen. I'm not trained for that. It's not really what I enjoy, but yet I find myself in this situation. So I'm missing people. I'm missing my work colleagues and just the conversations that you have over the photocopier or in the staff room or just in the corridors. Um, I agree with Simon as well about the children. It's lovely to see them. Um, you know, hi, how are you? And you just get something from their body language and their whole demeanour when they come in the classroom. And, and that is just not there on the screen. And again, like Simon, we're cameras off as well. Some of them can unmute and speak back to you. So really, it's, it's missing people, I would say, is my greatest need. I went for a walk yesterday and I met a friend and I felt so different afterwards, having talked to a human being. Yeah, very, very similar situation massively feeling the need for for people uh, for community even the eye rolls or the groans of students when I make my terrible jokes I miss that I miss I, I make purposely bad jokes for those reactions sometimes and I don't have any of that one of the things that Dr Root talked about in there in the first podcast was some um, projecting positivity or negativity and so for me and for my staff that we would be able to project positivity is such an important prayer point for us to be able to be and I'm, I'm lucky I have a couple of Christians in my team and, and I think that we do see some of the kind of joy and the peace um, in, in those characters and so for us to be able to project joy into our team and therefore from them into our students in, in, in whatever way we can in this time it would be immensely valuable. Finally where do you find God in these extreme and overwhelming situations? I think he's right by my side. Um, he says, doesn't he? Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And yeah, I think he's there every day with me. But I also think it's important to focus on the positives. You know, I, I have a job. Um, I have a safe, dry, not flooded house um, from which to work from. I'm healthy. People that I love are healthy as well. I think there's lots of positives and things to be grateful for. And if you focus on that, 
I think that really helps. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. The gratitude thing, and I think also I'm finding I'm finding that God has given me a lot of a lot of peace about things that I, I maybe shouldn't, and perhaps some other colleagues are not very peaceful about. Uh, we've we've got an extra couple of complications in our department that make things um, quite difficult, um, and I, as a team leader, have to carry the brunt of that. And I think if you're looking at them objectively. I probably should be a lot more stressed than I am, um, and and I think that's I think that's God at work in me, giving me giving me the peace that my team and my students need need me to have to I guess to project onto them, um, and the other the other thing is hope. Um, this this would be quite a hopeless time um, for a lot of people. I, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling really despairing, really really hopeless. But it's relieving, I think, to have a bit of a kingdom perspective to see that, you know, we, we will never be left in this situation. The Bible is full of stories of people who go through similar and even much worse situations than this. And for much longer, you know, you think 40 years in the desert and, um, you know, you think of plagues of locusts uh, that destroy livestock, all sorts of completely um, different and horrifying situations that God not only brings people through, but that he brings his people through stronger than they were before. So I think my hope is that God is using me in this time and growing me in this time. And that I, I think I will look back on it. I hope that I will look back on it as a formative time in my life. Thank you so much to Shelley Frape and to Simon Barber. What immense wisdom and insight and our thoughts and prayers go with you. 